This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I would say one of the last remaining to-do items before the NFL season gets underway is for the Cowboys to uh, cross off their to-do list. Sign Ezekiel Elliott. And it looks like we're getting closer and closer to that. Joining me right now to talk about that and a whole lot more as we head towards the Start of the NFL season, uh, you can get him on CBSSports.com. Patrick Walker joining me right now on CBS Sports Radio. So, Patrick, how close are we? What, what yard line are we on right now in the Ezekiel Elliott negotiations? We're, we're within five yards, and I, I would argue that we're on the three or two yard line even. Um, right now, conversations between the two picked up pace uh, pretty intensely on Saturday. Uh, kind of went back and forth with uh, negotiations and offers, and they're really close to hammering things out. Now, based on conversations that I've had over the course of the weekend, it looks as if they are both eye-to-eye when it comes to the money right now. The only thing left to hammer out is the language and structure of the contract, how that money is going to be divvied up over the next few years, what's going to be the length of the contract, uh, so forth and so on. But as it stands, they are in what Stephen Jones calls the midnight hour of the deal, uh, barring any kind of setback barring any type of, you know, Seattle Seahawks versus the New England Patriots Super Bowl play call (laughs) one yard line. Uh, The Cowboys should be able to get this deal done and an announcement should be imminent within the next 24 to 48 hours. But again, I frame that with the caveat that, again, until something is done, it's not yet done, but they are extremely close to the end zone right now. You know, Patrick, the, the big deal that's been made throughout this saga has been Todd Gurley's contract and the Cowboys desire to not pay out a contract that exceeds what the Rams did with Todd Gurley contending that that's really an outlier they overpaid and here's you know the all reports are that the contracts they've been putting in front of Elliott are are still pretty good they're second behind Gurley but not Gurley level I don't know if you had to handicap this thing do you think he starts to get into that Gurley neighborhood does he exceed Gurley how do you think this thing winds up looking Based on talks that I've had with uh, sources with knowledge of the situation, he's not only in the Gurley neighborhood, there's a very good chance he's going to uh, surpass Gurley at least in one metric of the contract. Now, is that going to be guaranteed money? I highly doubt it. I think more so if I'm uh, predicting uh, an educated guess, I think he surpasses Todd Gurley's average annual salary, which I believe is around 14.3. I think the Cowboys do go past that. Uh, probably start to approach the $15 million a year mark. But the concession that Elliott is probably going to have to take is going to be on that guaranteed money. The Cowboys wanted to keep him closer to Le'Veon Bell at $35 million guaranteed. Obvious, obviously, Zeke wants to hit that $45 million or more that Todd Gurley has. That's a $10 million difference. I think they split the difference and land right in the middle around $40 million, especially considering he's still due $3.85 million in guaranteed money this year that has to be paid regardless of what happens. If if this is where they wind up, then you know why why did it have to come to this? Why did it have to come to Elliot holding out, missing training camp? I don't know that there's any hurt feelings over you know little comments Jerry Jones was making and things like that. But if, if they're going to wind up in the neighborhood where they're paying him the most of anybody, why did it have to come to this? I think 
the conversation between Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys began back in January, and Ezekiel Elliott was coming off of a season where he was uh, more or less brutalized by uh, Scott Linehan, the former offensive coordinator's uh, mm. game plan, for lack of a better way to put it. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott's touches were far beyond the second-place um, running back in the league. You look at how he was utilized and overutilized in November going into December, uh, and obviously he's durable, but you could see it starting to wear on him. But the problem was when it came time to uh, – punch it in in the red zone, you saw Ezekiel Elliott on the sidelines or you saw him in as a decoy or he was in as a blocker. So that kind of led to a lot of contention between Ezekiel Elliott and Scott Linehan. So in January, uh, I'm told Ezekiel Elliott approached the Cowboys and said, hey, uh, you know, I understand you want, you got to get Demarcus Lawrence done. You got to you want to get Dak done. You want to get Amari Cooper done. Just don't forget about me. So it was kind of a wink and a handshake agreement from the Cowboys to Ezekiel Elliott saying, you know, absolutely we want you in. You're the stir, you know, the straw that stirs the Cowboys boys drink, uh, quote-unquote, and we're going to get this done. Just let us get everyone else taken care of. Okay, so you got DeMarcus Lawrence taken care of. The goal then was to get Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper locked down. However, neither one of those players are willing to sign just yet because they're being patient, allowing the market to come to them. It's already worked in both of their favors by virtue of Carson Wentz and Michael Thomas, uh, and they're both content potentially playing out their contract in 2019. So now here you are, if you're Ezekiel Elliott, you have a team that claims they want to have you for the long term, and you believe they do, but now it's time to prove it simply because you have around $25 million, $26 million in available salary cap. Your quarterback doesn't want to sign yet. Your three-time Pro Bowl wide receiver doesn't want to sign yet. You're not going to sign any big money free agents, and we all know that. Why not now if you're Ezekiel Elliott? And that's where things kind of went a little bit left in kind of to the holdout pattern because he's approaching the Cowboys saying, well, nobody else wants to sign, Jalen Smith notwithstanding weeks later. But he's saying no one else is ready to sign. You have all this money on the table. I'm ready to sign. You said you want me for the long term. Prove it. And that's what, it, uh, that's what ended up leading to the holdout. Patrick Walker, CBSSports.com, joining me on CBS Sports Radio. You mentioned Dak Prescott. So let's say Zeke gets done in the next day or so. Um do do the Cowboys and Prescott reach a deal pretty imminently, or are the Cowboys a team? I'm in a city in Houston where the Texans don't negotiate during the regular season. I don't know what the Cowboys' policy is on something like that. Would they, if if this thing starts to drift into Week One or Two of the regular season, could we still see an extension with Dak, or is this something that needs to get done in the next five or six days? Oh, the Cowboys don't close their doors once, you know, September 8th or September 9th rolls around. Uh, They're willing to sign deals at any point over the course of the season. Team exec Stephen Jones made that clear here a couple of days ago when he said, quote, uh, we're open for business, end quote. So that's specifically to let everyone know that uh, getting Ezekiel Elliott done, obviously that's top priority right now. And again, I believe that uh, handles itself in the next couple of days or so. But if you're talking about Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper, there's no need to panic if you're a Cowboys fan, if neither of those deals land in you know September or October, even November, because the Cowboys are content to leave their door open and completely have these conversations throughout the entire season. So it's, quite possible you see a deal from Dak Prescott land in December, Amari Cooper land in January, just as it's quite possible that both of them land in October, just as it's possible they don't land at all until free agency in 2020. So when it comes to Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott, it's a very, very fluid situation. Uh, the Cowboys have deals in front of both of them, had, have had them in front of both of them for weeks, have more fruitful conversations with Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper. Those talks have basically been paused uh, since June. 
So no real progress there. So a lot to hammer out. I know they would love to go ahead and get Ezekiel Elliott taken care of so that they can really start hammering on Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper trying to get those deals done. But at the end of the day, you can't make those two players sign. It's really going to be when they want to do it and for how much. Patrick Walker, CBSSports.com, joining me. Patrick, just your thoughts from afar on what went down with the Houston Texans yesterday, starting with Jadeveon Clowney. I love getting opinions from outside of Houston on this stuff. What were you thinking when you saw the ultimately what the Texans wound up getting back for Jadeveon Clowney yesterday? Uh, at first blush, the Jadeveon Clowney trade, we all saw it coming for the most part. Um, and, of course, he, he being Jadavion Clowney, he vetoed the potential move to the Miami Dolphins. And, of course, he ends up in Seattle where I think he'll thrive. Uh, but you look at what they got back in return. They got a couple of linebackers, uh, and you would have liked to see them at least go after an offensive lineman. Now, to their credit, later in the day, because the Texans were, you know, I think they had two or three trades, three trades if I'm not mistaken, um, on the day on yesterday. They did end up landing Laramie Tunsil. But as far as the Davion Clowney trade is concerned, when you start getting some of this uh, additional information, how they absorbed a good portion of what would have been the franchise tag salary and then allowed the Seattle Seahawks to kind of pick up the difference, uh, the Seahawks came out as absolute winners in that deal, and it just looks like the Texans were disheveled. Um, and outclassed, for lack of a better way to put it. And I think it's showing that they don't have a general manager in place, and they're kind of operating as, as this collective in the front office, but they went up against the Seattle Seahawks front office, which is one of the more wily front offices in the league. And, of course, we know the type of negotiator that Pete Carroll can be uh, when he really wants to get something done. So I just think the Texans got the short end of the stick, and that's, that's to put it plainly. I mean, they got fleeced. There's no other way for me to describe it. When it comes to the Jadavion Clowney trade, I believe the Seattle Seahawks really did um, flex their muscles on the, on the Houston Texans. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Walker, CBSSports.com. Last one before I let you go, Patrick. The Melvin Gordon situation. He's the other running back who's holding out, but he's not dealing from, dealing from nearly the position of strength that Ezekiel Elliott was. Do you think Melvin Gordon winds up suiting up for another team this season? That is a fantastic question, and... and that's one that I'm trying to figure out myself. Now, you know, speaking to people from around the league, it seems more and more that Melvin Gordon is willing to pull a Le'Veon Bell and sit out the entire 2019 season and revisit uh, the situation in 2020, um, which pot with potentially trying to get out of Los Angeles and the Chargers organization. However, uh, all of the leverage, for the most part, is in the hand of the Chargers. And now that they've come out and said that they're going to postpone talks with him until 2020, they're basically letting him know. You, you combine that with the fact that they had reported interest in trying to land LaShawn McCoy once he was released from the Bills. They have a lot of faith in Austin uh, uh, Eckler. The Chargers don't feel like they need Melvin. Gordon, and that's the difference between the Chargers and the Cowboys and the Ezekiel Elliott situation. The Cowboys know definitively, no matter what they say in the media, as you know, posturing and negotiation tactics, they know that they need Ezekiel Elliott. But if you look at the Chargers team, you can't arguably say that they need Melvin Gordon, especially when you have an eight-time Pro Bowl quarterback and a future Hall of Famer in Phillip Rivers that would love to be the one that carries the load for the team. Uh, and then you look at that defense, obviously. So Melvin Gordon is in a very tough spot right now. And they have reportedly an offer of around $10 million a year in front of them. If I'm Melvin Gordon, all things being considered, 
I, I know he would like to believe that he's worth more than $10 million a year, but he's not uh, Ezekiel Elliott. He's not a top five running back in the league, obviously, some durability issues. I think he should take that deal uh, and run with it. But as it stands, he's not, and I have a hard time believing that he's going to be in a Chargers uniform again. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think he should take that deal, absolutely. Patrick Walker, CBSSports.com, joining me on CBS Sports Radio. Patrick, appreciate you making time on a Sunday evening. Hey, enjoy. Yeah, you bet, man. Enjoy the season. Thank you. You too, Sean. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 